Hello, hello, and welcome back to Teach Languages Online, the podcast giving you the best advice for your online language teaching business. My name is Lindsay of Lindsay Does Languages, and I am your host for this show and for this episode. And this time we are talking about marketing lessons from Duolingo. Yes, we cannot talk marketing lessons for online language teachers without looking at some core language learning companies and um, that is what we're going to do today. But first before we do a little heads up that as at the time of recording and sharing this with you if you're listening the week this is released then you definitely do want to take a little peek at the online teaching starter kit. It's onlineteachingstarterkit.com link is in the description because Next week on the first Wednesday in October, I will be delivering a live updated edition of Online Teaching Marketing Masterclass. This is a bonus course that all members of the Online Teaching Starter Kit get. We really dig into the marketing side of things and I know that for a lot of people that is a huge worry. This is something that people really get stuck on and find quite difficult it's not what you set out to do when you when you want to start teaching online it's like this whole other world and so that is why we have this bonus um, course available for members of the online teaching starter kit you can join now so you're ready to go to get that update when it's delivered live in the first week of October and um, yeah you can do so online teaching and I look forward to welcoming you in and seeing you over there all right let's get into the episode then so if you are ready for some marketing lessons from Duolingo then this is the place to be we've got five key things that we're going to discuss and these days you know Duolingo is synonymous with language learning it's basically like you know Side by side, there's there's no way that you can talk about one without the other. So when it comes to observing marketing lessons from brands, we have to take a look at Duolingo. And the first thing that I want to discuss is how it is different across platforms. Duolingo really has an incredible marketing team. So even when we're working solo and we don't necessarily have the marketing team that Duolingo does, we can still take inspiration for how well they adapt their content across different platforms. For example, on TikTok, Duolingo is notorious for hopping on trends with kind of like almost unhinged short clips destined for virality. Some of them are so like, wow, that's that's bold. That's brave, right? They just really go for it. There's a lot of owl costume being used on the TikTok. On the other hand, their LinkedIn feed is much more focused on the business side of things because they know that, you know, the audience that they have on TikTok is different from the audience they have on LinkedIn. And they have the capacity to work with that knowledge and to then provide appropriate content for those different platforms. So how can we use this lesson? How can we learn from this? Like I said, although we may not have a team or even an assistant to handle our presence across different platforms, we can consider how what we post works best in different formats. Now remember, especially when we're one person businesses, it's not about being on every platform all of the time. Yes, it is about having a presence, even just securing the handles and having a blank profile on most platforms, and then focusing on delivering regularly on 
social media platforms that suit you best if you choose to use social media at all, right? I also want to mention as well that you don't need to wait until you're perfect before sharing, right? Start experimenting and get better by doing. It's far too easy to get stuck in the weeds of waiting, kind of disguised as learning with this stuff. You sort of think, oh, well, I need to know more about hashtags before I post on Instagram. I can't start until I have learned, you know, the best time to post. I can't, you know, just start experimenting and learn by doing is is really the best advice I can give you on this. Second, on-brand Duolingo merch. Now, if you just check in every day to keep your streak, you might not notice Duolingo merch. It's not overly advertised, but it does exist. So Duolingo sells a range of very on-brand plushies, stickers, t-shirts, and pins. It's really not an overwhelming range. It's just, you know, very well curated. It's not just a design shoved on a shirt. So everything feels very intentional. So what can we learn from this? Well, merch in general can be a great way to increase support and to raise your profile. It gives people who want to support you an additional way of doing so, whilst also acting as a subtle promotion tool, right? Think about all of the advertising that you don't really notice consciously when you walk down the street and you see a Nike tick on a shoe or a North Face logo on a jacket or a hoodie with the word super dry just plastered across the front. And those people are essentially advertising the brands. There's a loyalty there, right? To the point that you want to showcase something like that. And I'm not quite suggesting (laughs) making a t-shirt with your brand name slapped across the front, not necessarily, but think about more subtle products that would be genuinely useful and or beautiful for your audience to enjoy. There are plenty of options out there for getting these things made. They can also be useful if, for example, when people start learning with you in a more direct way, a more personal way, your more kind of high touch options that you have, maybe you choose to send out a little welcome box for people or you choose to send out gifts along the way as they achieve certain milestones. Having these sorts of items available can be really useful for that too. Um, If you were to host a live event or a retreat or something like that, this is the kind of thing that you would have in someone's welcome goodie bag, right? And maybe a notebook and a pen on brand with your name on it. So there's loads of additional uses for this sorts of thing, for these sorts of things, once you've got it, you know, initially created and, and designed and set up. Number three, simple and effective copy. So we often overthink <laughs> copy and we think, oh, the words, every single word. Oh, oh, it's a lot, it's a lot, it's a lot. The Duolingo homepage is a really great example of simple and effective copy. It's a combination of easy to read copy and cute graphics. So unlike lots of language resources of times gone by, they don't state any outlandish claims such as quick and easy. In fact, I did a little search for the words fast, quick and easy on that homepage and each of them brings back just one hit each, right? Fast is our convenient, fast and affordable English test. Quick, quick bite-sized lessons. Easy, we make it easy to form a habit. So they're not saying that you will learn this language quickly and easily. No, (laughs) they're not giving you a time frame. The word fluent does not appear 
on the Duolingo homepage. Instead, they lead with the free, fun and effective way to learn a language. Further down the page, they point out that it is research-backed and they even touch upon two of the common complaints about language learning under the headline Stay Motivated and Personalised Learning. So how can we learn from this? Because obviously we're not selling the same product, right? Well, like I mentioned, copy can often be a real sticking point when it comes to writing sales pages, talking about products and services. We know (laughs) that it's great, of course. We made the thing and we wouldn't offer it out to the world if we thought it sucked, right? But getting that point across isn't always easy. So if you're really stuck on this, take a leaf out of Duolingo's book and try drafting your next sales page with short and sweet copy chunks. Now this might not get you a full sales page draft, but it will definitely get you at least some of the way there. So consider these points loosely following what we've just mentioned from the Duolingo homepage. So an easy to remember headline, that free, fun and effective way to learn a language, right? The power of three is at play there, where we've got free, fun and effective, right? And what this is, is things work better somehow and stick better when there's three. So you might say, if you're learning French, Spanish or English, right? And you're really working with people that learn any language, but you need just three just use three random languages rather than just when you're learning a language, you know, so you can get that specificity in as well. So an easy to remember headline like they use. Number two, proof. So they talk about being research backed, which is, of course, easier and more possible because they're a huge company and research is happening directly involving Duolingo. For us, we probably don't have researchers reaching out saying, hello, I would like to (laughs) conduct a study about your specific students, of course. So this is best shown, this same idea, the same concept of proof is best shown with testimonials and case studies from existing and former clients. Number three, address doubts. So those headings, stay motivated and personalized learning, really ease two of the biggest language learning doubts before people even have to ask. So people don't leave that page thinking, oh, but will I be able to stay motivated? Or, oh, but is this just going to be another generic language learning process without any personalization to me? No, they know that it is. So two of those huge doubts already addressed on that page. Really, really smart way to do it. The next marketing lesson from Duolingo diversify smartly. So as well as languages, Duolingo now has options to teach phonics, maths, and very soon at the time of writing, at the time of recording at least, music theory. Now these expansions may seem random at first glance, right, with the exception of phonics, but it actually makes a lot of sense. You sort of think, Duolingo? Lingo? Language? Duolingo teaching languages What that does is it makes one of the stereotypically difficult school subjects accessible and enjoyable for more people. Now, maths, I would say, is another subject that has that reputation of you've either got a maths brain or you don't understand it. You are not a maths person, just like you are maybe not a language person when you're sort of learning those, you know, range of subjects that you have in in school. And for music as well, Music is essentially a universal language, as you know, in the sense that it's more or less the same, very similar, and the theory behind it will help you 
across the board, across instruments. And of course, to go back to the maths, as Caddy explains, her reason for taking 12th grade calculus in Mean Girls, it's the same in every country. So there is this element to the music and the maths almost acting like a language, which is quite interesting. So how can we learn from this? Well, part of what's great about Duolingo's diversification is that it's not being rushed. It's not like year one, boom, languages, and then year two, we're going to expand into maths. No, they expanded into languages um, initially when there were volunteers willing to contribute and make the courses. They've since changed that and now pay the course contributors, rightfully so. And, um, you know, and with that, that changes the the languages and the order of languages that get added. But it also means that there's, when they diversify in other ways, like with the maths, with the music, it's, you know, becomes its own, its own space. So there's really definitely something to be noted about not speeding out of the gate and attempting too many things all at once. So start with a solid product or service, let's say it's group lesson packages, and then expand smartly when you're ready in ways that suit you. People who already learn languages with Duolingo will likely be curious to try the new offerings. Think, huh, yeah, I did struggle at school with maths and I am getting Duolingo. I like how it works. I'm going to try the maths thing, right? And equally, there'll be a lot of new clients who weren't that interested in languages. Who are these people? (laughs) But do want the same product for maths and for music. So avoid caging yourself in is really the core of this message, you know, allow yourself a bit of space for when you're ready to diversify and expand, you can do so in a smart way. And finally, backtracking. Now, this is a really interesting one. There is something that unites the kind of hardcore Duolingo fans, shall we say, and that is a frustration at discontinued features. So every once in a while, Duolingo will discontinue a feature that most users won't notice, except the heavy users. And sometimes this doesn't go down well. A big example is the withdrawing of the forums. So although forum posts are still accessible, it's very kind of hidden, but when you know where to click after guessing an answer, you can still see the archived forum posts for that answer. However, it's no longer possible to add new comments and to add new posts in the forum. So how can we learn from this? Well, this is twofold, and we're going to consider it in the context of retiring products and services specifically, but this could apply to retiring a specific type of content that you create or um, the work that you do on a specific social media platform, whatever it is, but we're going to use that context of retiring products and services. So there are times when it is right to retire a product or service. There's a bit of following your gut that will come into play, as well as deciding what does and doesn't sell well and what fits and makes sense or doesn't with your current offerings. But alternatively, there are times when perhaps things can still exist, maybe with a promotion boost or a live launch or an update, or just left simply available for those who need it when they need it, but without too much effort on your part. That said, when you don't sell it, it doesn't sell. And what I mean by that is that if you are not actively selling your products in some way, even kind of quote unquote passively with some sort of evergreen system, it doesn't sell. So don't expect massive 
sales unless you're actively talking about and selling your products or services. But know that when you are ready to backtrack, when you're ready to make a change with what you offer, you are allowed to do so. Because Duolingo does. (laughs) All right. So that is it for this episode. I hope this has been an interesting little glance into some marketing lessons from Duolingo, kind of learning how all of that works and how we can apply it to ourselves and our own online language teaching businesses. As I said, the reason we're talking about marketing today is because if you're listening to this as it is released, then you definitely want to take a little look and join the online teaching starter kit because we'll be delivering a live updated edition of the bonus course online teaching marketing masterclass all about marketing and this isn't just like you know post on Instagram three times a day this is like not that like (laughs) sort of granular and like overly specific that's going to become out of date this is really looking at the whole picture very kind of holistically and and then thinking about how you can apply all of that as you as you choose with the specific platforms and marketing options that you choose to use. So definitely, definitely take a look. It's onlineteachingstarterkit.com to join. And as well as the Online Teaching Marketing Masterclass, you will have access to our freshly updated other courses, Productivity Pro, On Course, and coming very soon, DIY PR, which I'm very excited to share with you. So we'll be talking more about that very soon. And yeah, any questions, as always, you can email me, lindsay at doeslanguages.com. And I'll be back next time for another episode. I'll speak to you then. Thank you. Bye.